Welcome to the Eat, Slay, Live podcast. And we are the Loxicutioners. We're going to be eating lightning and talking thunder and arm barring your ear holes today. What do you think of that song, Todd? <laughs> you know what I think of that song. I know what you think we, of that we, song. We tried to, when the, the uh, Nelly can came out, we tried to do a little, uh, my version, rewriting that. And uh, I listened to that song 3,000 times, and uh, we still did not put the video out. You probably weren't ready to hear it again, were you? I was not ready to hear I it. I fucking love that song. <laughs> I, I, I know you do. I know you do. What's going on? How's your week going? Uh, week's going all right. We opened up back inside. We, well, I... We went against um, Sergeant Pritzker's mandate. Um, I thought I thought the first rule of the brick house was uh, do not talk about the brick house. I talk I talk about the brick house to our slayers. Okay, I got gotcha. you. Gotta let the slayers know. We're I got gotcha. you. I got gotcha. you. Uh, I got a funny little story from you for this week. From there, there are people that listen to our podcast. If you didn't, if you weren't aware of that, I'm not aware. Okay, so we're at Circuit the other day, and, and if you haven't listened to our other podcast, you're not really know what I'm talking about here, but so... Listen to the fucking podcast. Yeah, so people. I'm standing up at the at the board at Circuit where people come in, I'm writing their names on the board or whatever, and these two ladies that are in my weightlifting group, they come up to me and they have a, they have a brown paper bag in their hand. And they say, um, hey, you know, the other day we were we were talking while you were doing some sort of instructional during the weightlifting. And we know you got kind of mad at us. And then we listened to your podcast and we're kind of scared. So they had something in the back. We want to give you this in case you get mad again. Hold on. What do you mean you got mad at them? Like. There's no talking during pride directions. <laughs> hey, you're at the not no Ross. <laughs> okay. During the instructional phase, there is no chatter. Okay, all right. So you I'm, are not here to have a good time. No, there is okay. fitness is not fun, Ross. Okay, okay. Uh, so they have a brown paper bag. I'm like, what's in the bag? Well, well, if you get mad again, you need to probably open this bag. So you, do you know what was in the bag? <laughs> I have well, an idea. I think. Okay. That's a, they they listened to the podcast and they brought a Paps Blue Ribbon. So, okay, that that was one. That was before That's circuit. like your shock paddles. And so then after circuit, I'm getting ready to leave. Everybody's gone. I go up to my desk and there's another Paps Blue Ribbon can sitting on my desk. Has a little note attached to it and it says, "In case of emergency, pour over your head." Where did that one come? From? I don't know. <laughs> they, no one admitted it. No, no one admitted to it. <laughs> So we do have a couple listeners out there. Well, you, I mean, so, you put out the numbers. Yes. And, Damn, those are and, crazy. Numbers. And somebody else, somebody <laughs> else was gonna was gonna act like they were tickling me the other day. Oh no, I don't want Ooh. you to pass out. So now you're catching shit from. The I last am podcast. catching. Thanks, thanks, Sergeant Margaret. Yeah. With that said, let's introduce our our newest guest and let's find out if he listened to the last last podcast. You know what? This guy, <laughs> he's such he's such a, a talker. He will convince us that he listened to it, even when he probably <laughs> didn't listen to one second. Good he point. will make he will make it. And so uh, today we we have on our podcast uh, a friend of mine. We go back a long ways. We have Mr. Adam. Marburger. Hello, Adam. Hello, hello. Glad to be here. <laughs> so let me tell you about this. First of all, this guy woke up in Michigan this morning, Ross. He woke up in Michigan, and now he's in Illinois at the Eat, Slate, Live podcast studio. Ooh. That's a grinder for you. And that's that's why we're having him on the show is because he's a grinder, and we want to kind of feel him, see what makes him tick and, and things like that. But so If you know Adam at all, you follow him on social media, you know him. You're not really shocked by that. 
<laughs> no, he, he woke not. up in Michigan and he, now at 11:45 he's in the brick studio. He might have ran here. Well, actually, I changed my flight. I, I came back two hours early to come see you guys. I'm completely joking. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, at, we're gonna get into it. So Adam, he's. I mean, I've known him for a long time. We actually, him and I started out doing jujitsu together a long time ago. Um, I had been doing it for a little while, and he had just started. And Ross, let me tell you this, he was terrible. I remember we were doing private Extremely. lessons. We were doing private lessons with Mike Griffin, the world's most dangerous man. And and we were, it was just me and Adam. And I'm like, this guy is freaking, he's terrible. That's saying something because we've already distinguished that you're terrible. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but are you are were you just better then than what I, you are now? I don't know. Yes, I maybe I don't know. But now this guy is like a brown belt. He freaking owns a jiu-jitsu school. I mean, he competes all over the world in it. You know, the Pan Am Games and things like that. But like back then, I'm like, this guy's got no future in, in jiu-jitsu. <laughs> <laughs> but do you remember? Do you remember that? So I do remember. Not only do I remember how awful I was, I remember you kind of beat me up a little bit like, yeah. i remember we were boxing like we were doing some mike griffin had his body box and you threw a couple body shots kind of took a few years out of my life <laughs> thankful though very yeah I, be I bet back then though you thought you had a future in it <laughs> <laughs> right right yeah no i don't think i ever did i don't okay. think I, I don't think i ever had that illusion that's tough for you no. to admit right <laughs> Um, so Adam, what's, what's going on, brother? Welcome to the show. Did you listen to our last show? We want, we want to know the truth. So I could be a salesperson, like uh, Ross just said, but I'm, I'm not going to uh, make you think that I watched. I didn't. Uh, I will though. Okay. Will. Thanks. thanks. So, but I will, I will. I'll okay. touch base on it a little bit. Cause this is a story I had no idea about. And okay. that's why he brings up the past blue ribbon. So when he was a kid, he'd get really mad and he'd hold his breath and throw this little temper tantrum, I guess. To the point where he would pass out slash die at times. So the Paps Blue Ribbon comes into play. He pulls this stunt one time in the car. They usually like throw water on him or something, blow in his face, you know, whatever. Um, and so they're driving and he goes into a bad one. And so they pull over the car. The only thing they have in the car to throw on him is my dad's Pep's Blue Ribbon. So he pops one open and dumps <laughs> it on throw, him. Throw brings him back to life. Throw me on the hood of the car, oh, yeah, on out the on the hood on the car, and dumps a Pep's Blue Ribbon. That, that, you know, we were just talking about me quitting drinking. No wonder I started to have a drinking problem, right? okay? I pass out. My parents reward me with a freaking beer. And now people are bringing me Pep's Blue Ribbons to the gym thinking, oh, they if you get mad get here. Mad. Yes. It's too yes. funny. Too yeah. funny. It's his, his lifeline now. Yes. So, um, Adam, so talk to us. What, what do you do? What we're just going to go, we're going to make question. this a really broad, what do you do for, what do you do to, to, uh, for a living? Let's just start there. So that question gets asked a lot and it's the same every single time. So I live my life in three buckets. I'm in the auto automotive industry, the real estate industry and the jujitsu industry. So I service car dealers. I provide financial products. I, invest those products offshore, I manage those funds, and then I help dealers sell more cars to sell more insurance policies. And then the real estate industry, I do a little bit of uh, flipping, a little bit of uh, rental and uh, jujitsu, you know the deal there. I started an academy three years ago in Alton with Court, and that's the passion project, that's the hobby. 
that gives me probably the most amount of joy. And that's what I do. I, I live my life in those three buckets. And you just won a uh, martial arts gym in the area. We were best of the best, which we are super proud and thankful of that. Um, and so he, uh, Adam had gotten most of his training through, through Kyle Watson, who is a mutual friend of ours, who, you know, yeah. from down, down at the hit squad or whatever. So are you guys kind of a branch of Watson? Yes, How's that work? Jiu-jitsu yeah. is, it's got, oh, there's cool. a pecking order there and there's is. some political and you got to get permission. There's some things that go on with it. <laughs> there's some, there absolutely <laughs> is. And we, we are a drama, you know, Kyle, we're pretty drama free. Right. We're, all of our academies, you know, from Josh McKinney's place over here to Keith's place and all, everybody's kind of chill, laid back, but we're all under the Watson umbrella. Um, I started, uh, I would tell you, it was the war room. Well, what happened was I, I had a buddy of mine just beat me up. Uh, you know, Brad Jones, Todd mm -hmm, Murphy. Right? Todd Murphy would just, and then I, I was shocked at what happened in Brad's garage. I was like, wow, I thought I could fight. I really can't. Fight. I, don't, I don't know what I'm doing. People don't know, do they? Wow. And so I go to pro gym, meet guys like you, and I get beat on for about six months. Mike taught me quite a bit. I learned a lot from y'all. And then Mike closed down. So I didn't have anywhere to go. So then I decided to follow Eric Hebner over to Finney's. And then they started talking me into doing MMA and fighting. And so mm -hmm. I'm like, okay, why not? So then I got real serious and then joined Steve Berger's Jiu-Jitsu Academy. So I trained under Steve Berger, left that academy, eventually came back. A friend of mine from Batalto, Derek McGuire, talked me into putting the gi on. Uh, I didn't, at that time, I'll be honest, I kind of made fun of the gi. I wasn't into the gi. I was into the no gi. I was right. more of an MMA guy. I didn't, I didn't respect the gi. Until I trained Respect with the gi. I just didn't. And Derek, thankfully, talked me into to doing it. He introduced me to Kyle. And once I met Kyle, I knew he was my coach. Like, mm -hmm. I knew this was the right fit. Despite the cargo shorts, Despite you still the cargo knew. Shorts, hey, here, this, this, Is he still sporting those this, around? Hey, listen, killer cargo. That's what I call it. So he's, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, but Kyle is uh, a fantastic instructor. You know him well. He, mm -hmm. He's just such a great human. And I learned almost everything from him like he's the guy so, so this this is how adam marburger works okay he starts doing jujitsu like i said not good at it okay not good at it so he 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 at turns least he, this, at least he got better he <laughs> that's that's debatable right. hey no, that's he, debatable I just, oh, yeah, ross just gave yeah. me a man right <laughs> but so he then he turns that into owning a gym he turns that into starting to fight himself and then he started putting on fights he was like the he was like the dana white of the riverbend area for a while yeah. well, right you, you i will you had a huge role to play in that i'll tell you this is what i did and i don't know if i've even told you this story before when i decided i wanted to be a fight promoter i just started getting online trying to figure out how to become one <laughs> and so I figured out, I figured out the, the type of income that I needed to put down on the deal, the, the surety bonds, the performance bonds. I figured out what I had to do legally to be a professional fight promoter. And I'm like, great. Well, who am I going to feed out of fighters? How, who am I, where am I going to get my fighters? So I reached out to you and Mark Fiore. I had a meeting with you two. Right. And then I met with Mike Rogers and then a guy named Steve Knogle in Granite City. And then out of the war room here, Scotty Ventimillion Brad. So the deal you guys made with me was, hey, if you could give us a couple pro fights every show, we'll give you our stable of amateurs. Right. You guys were, 
you and Mike Rogers and the War Room here were the most supportive. Like, it was insane how supportive the Hit Squad was. I had so many of your fighters on my cards. It was a blessing. You guys never not made weight. Right. You never not showed up. Right. You all fought real well. So it was it was awesome. I, Look, I was very thankful for that. You, you know, with Mark Fiore, they're, they're making weight. But, man, I remember going to your shows, like, at the, the KC Hall and yeah. the Thal Toy. Those things were just packed, Oh, yeah. Man. Oh, oh, yeah. And then what, didn't you have one over, like, at the game at that indoor soccer that place? That was once? our we – had, we had two – the last one we did, I mean, I think we sold twenty three hundred tickets, <laughs> and and Bellator can't. Yeah, do that. well, we what we did we did a re, we definitely I will say this. Uh, Jesse Finney is a good friend of mine. I kind of did I go to school in his putt at some level. I did. Mm-hmm. I didn't really want the fancy lights and all the pizzazz, and I wasn't thinking like that. I thought, how do I put together? Not seeing Jesse didn't have great fights. He has great right. fights. But I spent a little bit more dough, right? Like I would write big checks to some of my pros. I mean, mm-hmm. you saw some of the right, verses. Yes. So I paid my my guys well, and I matched them. So I mean, my amateur cards were very very competitive, along with the pro cards. So we had very very competitive fights, right. which I'm proud of. And they were they were just so fun to attend. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. And just how you kind of and you and you kind of helped put martial arts sort of like you know out there in this area like yep. got it made it more popular you know yeah. and that was that was awesome I, I loved seeing that well thank so. you it was a lot of fun i those were some i learned more about business in the eight years i was a pro fight promoter especially in the state of illinois and and i'll tell you this quickly i i went out of business by decision uh the state of illinois they kept raising fees get i mean my last pro fight i had five pro fights on the car mm-hmm. They brought me two timekeepers and they appoint your timekeepers, your judges and your refs. And they, you have to pay their, what they say. They brought in two timekeepers. I told the state (laughs) officials like, wait a minute, I got five pro fights. This dude's getting paid like 750 bucks. He's just got to keep time. Why do you need two? They're like, well, we got to give one a break. What? And so like the state, they started raising what they were taking off out of the gate. And I just said, I'm done here in Illinois. Of course they did. I'm done in Illinois. So this I just said, does to... not sound like the Illinois that I know. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's <laughs> putting the, the ill in Illinois. You it know? was difficult. Yeah. So at this time when you were doing all the fights, what were you doing for a living? Let's say what was I was in real estate and then I was uh, at the auto centers Nissan down in Woodriver. So I was a finance director over there. So I was working in retail, playing a little real estate. And then the the fight promoting probably took, oh goodness. I know it took years off my life. Fact, what, what a fact. What a fact. I worked, I never worked so hard in my life. Uh, at the beginning, it was really profitable. Yeah. Uh, but then as those profits faded through the end, I was working and I mean, so stressed out. Amateur fighters will give you a heart attack. I mean, they, I they, mean, they just show up when they want to. They, yeah, they, it's, they, it's, they just decide they don't want to fight. They yeah. just like they don't even tell the you. Day they of. just don't show up. They yeah. just say the day you know of. What? I don't think I'm going to be a fighter anymore. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So right? it was ter- terrible. It was so fun, but then yeah. it turned into a job at the end, and then yeah. not a very profitable one. Right. So I had to say adios. Right, I get that, man. <laughs> I used to like. Down I don't want hit, to be a fighter anymore. That's good. <laughs> and you know, like down, like down at the hit squad, I would go to like, I would go to like one weekend. I would be able to go to like the MGM to like like see the UFC fights, you know, in Vegas. And the next weekend, I would be in like 
a, a, a Legion Hall in Ark- Little Rock, Arkansas. Man, I got so sick of those crowds, man. The affliction-wearing oh, yes. people oh, were just yes. like, I man, it, it was... Those crowds are just, they can wear you They can wear you out. out. They can wear they, you out for sure. Th- there's more chaos going on out in the crowds, like those small shows than there was going on. I had days. a security crew that was stacked. Like literally, <laughs> I I had 12 guys, 10 guys that, that, that made sure the second somebody acts silly, we got them out of the building right. immediately. I can't imagine all the people wanting to fight after watching a fight. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I can do that. You yeah, know, yeah, now yeah. all of a sudden they're trying to fight in the parking lot and right. shit. Well, and you got one group of people cheering for one guy, the other group, yeah. you know, kick his ass, kick, well, that's my son in there, and blah, 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 yeah. blah. You know what I'm saying? It's, well, you uh, should have seen Club Franchise afterwards. <laughs> so, so the after party was always at Club Franchise, and that's where things got real interesting there. <laughs> I'm, sure. I'm sure of it. Uh, that is awesome. But like and I even know you like even before then like you used to be a partier back in the day. Oh yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And like just seeing you now and have you risen and just grinded your way to the top has been awesome. How what how did you make that turnaround? How did you go from the the put you you in the Brian Zitt days? Goodness gracious. Club <laughs> Club Buka. That place was fun. Uh well here when you when you kind of decide you're like, "Hey, I want to kind of create some things. I want to mm-hmm. do some things." Uh, you start having some kids, you start having different whys and motivation. And then so kind of like, you know, here the, the days of, uh, you know, partying on the landing or, or going to Wash <laughs> Avenue. And you guys, you yeah, guys we, lived we, on the landing. You guys we loved lived the there. <laughs> yeah, we lived over there. And you know what? Um, it was fun. We yeah. had a lot of fun. Yeah. We had a lot of fun. And uh, a lot of money wasted. If you oh, really look back man. and think about oh, it. Like, shit, think man. of all those bar tabs back in the, like you, how much money could I have saved? You not, know? not saved, but taken that money and made that money make more money for you. Exactly. It, it, right. In a it, rental. Exactly. <laughs> Anything, you know? Yeah, exactly. Well, t- long story short of it is, you know, when you make the decision that you're, if you want to be on top and you want to absolutely, I use these terms a lot. I talk about domination. How do I be on top? How do I stay on top? You, there are certain things you can and cannot do. And you, if you don't have structure, discipline, organization, if you're not looking at nutrition, if you're not getting enough sleep, if you're not getting enough water, and then you're abusing alcohol, you it's a formula to not win. I'm not playing to not win. So that's where the decisions were made. Like really, like I have no problem going out and I'm not afraid of a good time. Like I mm-hmm. like good times. I still have good times. Right. But Todd, I can leave. Todd I can leave is at afraid 10:30. of a good time. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, for good reason. Yeah, well, I, I can go home at 10 p.m. Yeah, 10:30. Yeah. I'm good with that. Lucky. <laughs> was it? Was there ever a defining moment? Like, just kind of, I got to put this landing, this you know, uh, blonde tipped uh, hair away, and become that perfect. Was there? Was there a turning point? Was it getting married? Was it having your first kid? No, was it was. It was when I was promoted to finance manager. Do you know, I'll tell a story. You know Adam Jones? He yep, went to Bethalto. Yep, okay. yep. Speaking so, of blonde tips and <laughs> the landing, yes. Adam, so <laughs> so I was one of the top salespeople at Auto Centers. The GM and the owner both told me, you're going to get into F&I, the finance and insurance department. Look, mm-hmm. Let me let me step back. You started off as a, a car salesman. I was this selling cars. That's what I'm assuming. Yeah, okay. Selling okay. cars. And so Which they makes told this, me. the story even more interesting. Yeah. That yeah. you just keep well, climbing. Well, they told me if I led the board for six months straight, number one on the board, that I would get the opportunity to do finance. Well, I was leading the board. It was like the sixth month. I was going to be promoted on this Saturday morning after the meeting. Adam Jones and I were at Buca the night before. <laughs> do you know Brazilian Mike? 
uh, over Mike Rathmeyer, yes. black belt. Okay. Yes, 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 yes. So, I don't know him, but I know him. So I have never, this is the first time I've ever told this story like mm -hmm. out loud. I've told this story. <laughs> this is a really good story. So, yeah. so we're at Buka. We're on the top deck. And there was this little fight breaking out. Well, mm -hmm. I was kind of a regular up there. So I kind of knew everybody. And I kind of jumped in and helped out. Well, I was on top of a guy just pulling him off. And then all of a sudden, somebody's behind me. Full choke in hook. Now this rear. is before your jujitsu days. Before this was at the beginning, like at the very beginning of my jujitsu days. Uh -huh. Like very, I would say maybe, oh, six months prior. Like uh -huh. this was right at the beginning. So I get choked, and I'm like, I'm just helping. <laughs> but then I fell down the flights of steps, and I was hurt. And then I became livid because I didn't know what happened. Somebody came behind me and put me out. Yeah. So then the police were out there threatening to take me to jail. And mm -hmm. so me and Adam Jones, like we got like kicked out and left. And I'm like, what the heck? So then we ended up leaving from there. Uh, I think I had my daughters down. I went to East side. I'm not going to say where I went. Let's just use <laughs> right, our right. imagination. Yeah, well, gotcha. Air quotes. Yeah. Beaver crossing. Yes. <laughs> we went, we went to East side. Well, we stayed out till, I don't know, till I had to be at work. Oh. And so we, we're in Godfrey and we go to Huck's and get these like slurpees, these little slushies. Oh man. So I'm sitting in the meeting. I'm drunk. I'm slurping on my slurp. I had red, a mess. My owner calls me, or he was a managing partner. So part owner, he pulls me in the office. He goes, get the fuck out of here. Go home. He goes, you're not, he goes, you're not ready for a, you're not ready to make the income you're about to make. You're mm -hmm. not even suited for it. Wow. Get out. And so I went home and I was like super bummed out. And then the next week they waited a whole week. I, I, they gave me silent treatment, like for a little bit, they were uh -huh. kind of mad at me, but that's when I kind of, I had to make a decision. Then my owner said, listen, you're off on Thursdays and you're off on Sundays. So if you're going to go get Kelly Clarkson, you go do that. <laughs> you go do that on Wednesday night and you go do that on Saturday night. Do you understand? And I said, yes, sir. And ever since then, I like stopped acting like an idiot every night, you know? Yeah. So that was it. Right. That was the point. Yeah. So, Hey, Brazilian Mike, he's, he's a friend of mine now. Uh -huh. And I don't think he even, I've never really talked to him about it, but Dude straight up choked me. Could have killed me. The dude choked me out, and I got dropped down a couple of steps, a couple of flights of steps. But yeah, I I try to tell people about jujitsu, and it's like so, so, some of the best people in the world at jujitsu are dorks and nerds. I mean, I mean, let's be honest. Kyle Watson is like the cult leader of the nerds. Okay, kind of, you know what I'm saying. But, but he's like, a, he's also a sex symbol to jujitsu uh, as well. Though, so. <laughs> But it's one of those things where, like, you th you see a dude who's kind of nerdy, like, I kick his at. You never done jujitsu or anything like that. And you're like, I could kick his at. No, yep. you yep. can't. No, yeah. you can't. Yeah. No. Prime example, uh, my head coach, Court. Uh -huh. You look at Court, you'd be like, "What's who's this goofball?" And right. then he hits you with a three piece combo and a biscuit, and you're <laughs> out. Like he is a right. deadly man, it, Todd Murphy, right? Yeah, exactly. You know, and, guys you know like, I, and I always, I and you, I know you. I've seen you on social media, like throwing this out there, but. But parents, if you want to get your kids into a martial art that they can actually use and defend themselves and it's practical and, you know, is jujitsu. You know what I I understand Taekwondo and all that stuff. Yep. It gives them confidence and, and, you know, shows them, you know, shows them kind of how to defend us up. But it, it, it's not real world. Yeah. I, I think it's, everybody. I'm not saying it's bad. Yeah. It's good. But. Yeah. I agree with you 100%. I think everybody should learn how to grapple. Uh, the basic foundations of grappling, you should learn how to throw strikes, straight punches, learn how to, you know, 
keep your chin down, things like that. I mean, you should just learn basic striking and jujitsu, like from a martial arts standpoint. I'm biased, of course, but I believe it trumps all of them. Right. Judo's, you know, up there because judo goes into jujitsu and transitions. They kind of derive from one. So I mean, there, you know, I. But jujitsu is the is the king. My opinion. And I am biased. The best videos online of people fighting is always the kid. And we're like, oh, okay. He knows jujitsu. And everybody's kind of laugh at him as <laughs> yeah, this big yeah. boy is going to beat his ass. Yeah. And then all of a sudden the boy makes one mistake and all of a sudden he has him on the ground. Yeah. He's like, let me up, let me up. And he just keeps choking his then, ass. Well, and then I love it when like, okay, and then you, they let him up and the bully be like, one more, let's try that again. Yeah. Try yeah. that again. Try it again. Like it's a, like, it, like it was like. He got lucky, and then they do it again and just choke him back out again. Yep. <laughs> those are the best. Those really are the best. And, you know, and like what we're, we're talking about this, and I'm just kind of taking us a different direction, but with defending yourself is, you know, you see people going to the gym and just doing curls and doing things like that. It's like, like that isn't going to help you like in real world situations either. If you don't have some sort of cardio base yeah. or doing some sort of functional type training, you know, when I started going back over to jiu-jitsu, I thought I was in pretty good shape and I go and I'm rolling with this, like this 24 year old. And by the time we're done, like a couple minutes and I'm in good shape, a couple minutes, like that kid could have told me to go make him a sandwich yeah. <laughs> and I would have had to do it. I mean, cat, Fatigue makes cowards of us at all. Fact. You know, and you see these people like, you know, somebody breaks into my house, I'll kick their ass, you know, and takes a puff off his palm mall. Mm -hmm. You know, but if you're no they're they're thinking back to their twenty, you know, twenty, thirty years ago when they were, you know, wrestled in high school or played football. You're not gonna do that now. Or I'll get my gun and shoot. No, you know, and the people the people breaking in your house that you have to defend yourself against, they come from violent worlds. You know what I'm saying? They're not yeah. sitting in a cubicle all day. They they fight at home. They fight on the streets. And when, you know, what I'm saying the people who aren't training, either their cardio or jujitsu or some sort of you know something to make their family safer, you're being irresponsible in my in my opinion. You know? I I agree with that too. And I have three daughters, and my daughters, my two older daughters, they they can throw straight punches. My oldest daughter Anna has incredible striking. And they're long and lanky. We're all we're all long, and so they they've got a basic foundation, and we're going to build on that. But here's here's the thing too: a we should it's irresponsible at some level to a not teach our kids how to defend themselves. That's irresponsible, and I think it's irresponsible for ourselves as well. Like we should learn how to train. Like we should learn the basic fundamentals. If anything, you're just like more confident in the world. Like when you know, like there's nothing. That can, if you're not afraid of any a human, if you're not even intimidated, you just you're better in your vocation, relationships, everything's better. Like right. you, you just everything is better when you understand how to defend yourself. Right, exactly. It's you it's, just it's got insane. that. You just yeah. have that confidence, you know, going into thing, and just like well, we've always like you talked about it a little bit ago, and Ross has talked about it sometimes. It's like when your nutrition is on point and your your fitness is on point, your life is mm -hmm. just so much better, oh, isn't yeah. it? Mm -hmm. You know, I think better, you know, you just, you're, you're just a better person all around. I, mm -hmm. The people who just don't do anything physical and just sit on the couch all day and eat crap all day. I don't know how they do it. Yeah, they're, tough. Even, they're tough. They're yeah. tough because I, mean, I couldn't do that. I've brought it's it up hard. a couple of times about where I was at one point. I'd never been there. And it's just, you get in that fucking mind. It sucks. You're depressed over it. And then yeah. once you get out of it and you're back in your routine, I'm like, how the fuck why? did I, why did I let myself <laughs> it, get there? It, it, it just, but it, the sleep, you mentioned it, the sleep, 
the nutrition, it's just, man, it makes, it makes life so much better when you get into that routine, that groove. Well, there's a formula too. Like, so it's not like it's rocket science. Like the greats before us have written in books and we have blueprints to live and maximize. Here's why do we not follow it? I we're we're humans a, so we're flawed. So I've, I've fallen off. Like there's been times I've kind of couched it up and it's been years since I have, but I think we've all fallen into that. But the fact is the blueprints there, just very few people follow that damn blueprint. Right. I mean, it's there, it's hard, but it's worth it. You know? And they, and they want to solve their problems by, you know, going to the doctor, getting pills, getting surgeries, getting, you know what I'm saying? It's like most of the things that people go to the doctor for can be solved with their nutrition or exercise and things like that cost you nothing, you know? Yeah. I don't know. I, I don't understand it. We preach this every show. Every show. And we <laughs> will preach this every show. We preach it every show. We haven't started on the lockdown yet. <laughs> so how's, how's the lockdown? Has it affected your business? Has it affected what you do? The... It, it, it hasn't, it hasn't. Uh, I made the decision to shut down the gym for a couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had a student that, that called in with a positive case. As a matter of fact, uh, you know, confidentiality, I can't say who, uh, but it was a, a student that was taking his free week trial shows up to the old gym <laughs> and, and he was, took one class and then his mother had called and said, Hey, by the way, yeah, I've got COVID. <laughs> so I made the decision along with uh, Andrea and Court. We're just like, let's shut it down. Let's do our due diligence. We shut it down. Uh, we opened up on Monday of this week. Uh, COVID destroyed me back in March, April in a sense that we had to completely shut down mm-hmm. and I had to rebuild the program. We're talking about the martial arts business, but I had to rebuild that deal because I had a lot of customers freezing memberships. You know, they're right. not there. They're not training with freezing right. memberships. And I paid my people. I didn't, nobody missed a check. So mm-hmm. I made sure everybody's paid. I wasn't generating revenue. And and then when we were open back up in June, I mean, we built it up really nicely. And then, so when the COVID spiked again, I started losing. So it's, it's affected me a little bit. In my automotive career, it's, I blew up. I mean, I skyrocketed my income. I like, <laughs> like I pivoted. You see how he said skyrocketed? Yeah. That, yeah. Was, that was yeah. aggressive, yeah. wasn't it? Yeah, Ross? I really felt that. Yeah. I'm, I know he skyrocketed. I'm writing yeah. skyrocket down right now. Well, here we had to, I had to pivot. So, I, and I started thinking these, a lot of these dealers, a lot of these dealers are my close friends and I love them and I'll do anything for my partners. But I can't be everywhere all the time. So why am I not using technology to be everywhere? Mm-hmm. And so then I started shifting and I started building things to, to do online coaching. And I built this platform that now I'm, I'm coaching hundreds and hundreds of people all over the place and I don't have to leave my living room. And so that, that, changed, that changed some things for me. But then from an acquisition standpoint of getting new accounts... I put together some really great marketing strategies and I got in front of a lot of dealers and signed a ton of business through the COVID season. So, and then real estate didn't lose a single tenant or rent during. So during the shutdown, every single tenant made rent. I didn't have to go backwards. So, I mean, for me, I was blessed and lucky. Did I take a step back at the gym? I did. Automotive, I went way forward. In real estate, I stayed neutral. Nothing affected me in real estate. What I love about your story, and and we've talked about it on here, is that you found a way during the pandemic to get better, to keep growing and keep going. And that's we've said that before, that I kind of judge people by what they did during this lockdown. I mean, just in their personal lives, did you get better or get worse? Did you use this excuse just to, you know what, I'm not going to do anything? Or did you figure out a way to get better? And that's, 
Well, the first the first thirty days. Let's be very, very, very crystal clear. I drank more red wine. <laughs> so, so those that first lockdown, I had a little woe as me. We were the, my dealers are shutting down. Nobody's selling cars. Like things yeah. were like it was bad. And you know what? We had a little. Uh, hopefully, I don't offend anybody. We had COVID parties. So I had there was like five <laughs> five sets of couples and friends, and we would all come to my house. Had this new really cool house and. So we would all like bring a dish or cook a dish and yeah. we would, everybody would have to bring a bottle of wine. So it was, we were social distanced the whole time in my yeah, house sure. wearing masks. Some of us had face shields, <laughs> uh, but, but, but we had, you know, for about a month, we just said, you know, I just kind of had my daubers down a yeah. little bit. I really yeah. did at the very beginning, but you know what? April, mid April, I said, it's time. Let's right. go. Let's think, let's, let's do things differently. And especially like I read, like I just read, right. read and gain knowledge. That's what I did. I mean. They, that we we like and this is a great segue. I use segue again, Russ. We like to ask people what their favorite. We're, we're readers, and uh, so we like to ask people what what's what's your favorite book of all time. It's really hard to say favorite book of all time. I will tell you, um, there's a book that truly changed the direction of my life, and uh, it was my business partner that's no longer here. Steve recommended me read this book back in two thousand and eight or nine. Uh, the five hour, I'm sorry, the four hour work week, Timothy Ferris. So ah. I started, so that book, the first time I read it, you know, I kind of, I, I think I read it on, uh, on a way to a, somewhere, maybe Mexico or something. Mm-hmm. I read it, I liked it, but then I went back and reread it and studied it. And there were a lot of things that I, I took from that book that I put in practice in my own life. And it kind of changed things. I learned how to batch my work. Uh, I understand batching and, 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 putting non-negotiables in place of, Hey, so I've got so many hours today. I'm going to block out four hours in real estate. I'm going to put eight hours in automotive. I'm going to put two hours, whatever it is. I learned how to batch things out. So I got way more done after reading that book. And then I started studying uh, stoic philosophy and I started really kind of get myself ingrained on that and put myself in worst case scenarios and, and understood that typically the brain tricks you. Like you really think things are bad sometimes, but it's, mm-hmm. it's your imagination. Right. So I really dove into stoicism. And then I, that book really is one of the most impactful books that actually that I was able to put in action and do things in the world. Tim, Tim Ferriss is great. He's I, incredible. I, I have the uh, the four hour, what is it? Oh, gosh darn it. Four, the it? Four, four hour body. body. Yeah, I have yeah. that one. And then I have uh, the tribe of mentors. Tribe of mentors I lo- is I've, fabulous. I give that book as a gift to everyone. Did I give that to you, Russ? I have it. Yeah, awesome. I, it's an I, awesome book. I love that book. Do not not one you just sit down and read cover to cover, but you just pick every day it up read. and you read about one That's... one person on there and what what the most successful people in the world. What do they do? What's the little habits they use? And just and then the back of it it has where you can write down notes. And dude, I'm just back there just scribbling like their favorite books and what little uh you know like little habits they use and things like that. So don't make fun of me. Um, but we, I'll, I'll we usually a, wait till you leave. Oh, please do. So I'm going to take a picture when I get home of my tribe of mentors book. Uh-huh. So I was going through kind of a transition in my life, kind of a dark period, 2019. And I, uh, I pulled out that book tribe of mentors. And for the first 60 people that he interviewed, mm-hmm. I had a legal pad and each, each person I followed on social connected with them. And then I wrote about each person and really picked up notes and studied each individual. So I've got each individual. I've got the legal 
paper folded in half, paper clipped to each stage. That's wow. how big of a loser that's, I am. Well, yeah, one, I, it's amazing, no. and two, it's super nerdy. Yeah. Man, I, I love that's it. Awesome. I'll take a picture that of it. Is, I'll send it to awesome. you because that, that book, awesome. that book is probably one of the best books to give out as a gift. Because, like, listen, hey, speaking of that, listen. Uh, sorry, sorry to interrupt you there, but I just gave one of our avid listeners who Ross and I were just talking about, Greg Withers. Shout out to Greg Withers, avid. So I'm at the gym today. That a boy. As part of his wedding uh, gift. Which was about a month ago. One of one of the things I put gave him was that tribe of mentors book. It's, a book. it's an awesome, awesome. gift. It, yeah. Yes, I I love it. I love it. Yeah. Um, have, you, have you read the Four Hour Work Week? I haven't. It's I have a list of books to buy after mm-hmm. I you know I got a books up there that I still haven't got to. But I always end up going into. I'm always reading. Up always have a book that I'm reading. But I always make a list. That one's always been on has been on my list for a couple of years. So now that you said I'm, I'm I would, buying it and that and book, reading. I would. I would put a full court press. I mean, I, I'd read it sooner or I later. Would, okay. I would I'm skyrocket. <laughs> That's the top. Yeah. <laughs> what? Yeah, but wait, what about this? What about just a just a? And I don't. What about a fiction book? Just a just a you know what I'm saying? Just a escape reality. Yeah, just, I've got a favorite. The, the Alcomist. I mean, oh, that book, I love the, Alchemist. the story of Santiago yeah. Yeah. and the, the, the journey. Oh, yeah. And it's it's just one of those that make your I, soul smile. I remember when I first read that book, and I called Todd. I'm like, dude, you got to read this book. He's like. Ross, that book's like a thousand years old. Of course I've read it. Oh my God. It's a great so book. I own that. I own it too. I read it for the first time a year ago, by the way. Oh, really? Uh, yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. It's a fantastic book. It's an awesome book. Yeah. yeah. I've read that several times. Yeah. It is yeah. good. I exactly. uh, What? So we've seen what you've done and excelled in everything you do. So what advice do you give to some young entrepreneurs out there? Some people that you know, want to be business owners. What, what, what's some, some advice you can give them? Um, control your time. Uh, don't make someone else's dreams a reality. So what happens is we end up working for somebody and slaving for somebody. And sometimes that somebody's not a great leader or that leader's not putting that person in a position to advance within that company or grow as a, as an individual. So I, I challenge young people to just truly dig deep and try to find out what their purpose is. And that is tough because, you know, it takes a long time to discover purpose, but mm-hmm. I challenge people to dig deep explore, slow down and find out what that purpose is and try to do that because that right there will get you so much farther and controlling time. It takes finances to control time. So, you know, at a young age, I, I, and I tell people to, to be smart with their money, invest wisely. Don't bite off more than you can chew. And then don't chase somebody else's dreams for them because you're building. If you think about it, a lot of people were, were building somebody else's business for them. You know, it's nothing. Some people I think at some level are meant to be employees. You know, there's born leaders and there's born followers. Followers are great. We, I mean, everybody has their role and their purpose, but at the end of the day, if we think about it, I mean, we put in so many hours and we slave away our lives. And a lot of times we're doing it for somebody else and we're building wealth for somebody else and you can't truly control time and just and live life on your terms if you don't have the finances available to do so so that's what i challenge young people to do is you know just kind of be cognizant and be open-minded to to looking at what your purpose is and it's very (laughs) it's liberating when you discover what that purpose is and then when you find ways to make money with that purpose it's like what the hell is happening this isn't even real life like this (laughs) makes this doesn't even make sense. Like what, what is happening? You know? So that's, that's what I, when I talk to folks, I, you know, whether it's young, 
middle age. I mean, you're never age is age, right? We 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 have a shelf life. Some of us make it to ten. Some of us make it to a hundred. So it doesn't matter who you are, where you are, what you are. You know, try to discover what it is that that gives you bliss. What is it that brings you joy? And then what can you do to bring joy to others around you? So that's kind of the same talk I have with everyone. That's all really good advice. Listen on that. But one that really stood out with me is don't bite off more than you can chew. And and I've been in this working for myself and, you know, this game for five, six years now. And it's still a lesson that you have to learn. You get a little bit more money and, and other things. And you can still easily bite off more than you can chew. Oh, I can handle that. And then all of a sudden, fuck, I should have slowed down a little bit. Yep. You know, but it happens. Yes. You know, I always, I try to tell young people is they should find someone who's doing what they want to do like you. It, and I always tell some, if, if a young kid in high school came up to me and said, I want to do what you do too. I want to own a gym. I want to be a trainer. I'll come and I'll work. Can I work for you? And if, if they tell you no, say, I'll do it for free. And find some, and, and I and I said, Love if it. they tell you no, go back to them a week later, and then go back. If someone did that to me, I would hire them. Like you know, what I'm saying? Uh, there's you, people just aren't doing it. And I I tell the kids like that. If you want to be a lawyer, go find a lawyer that you want to be like. Tell them you'll work, you'll take their trash out for free. And if they say no, just keep coming back every week. And I eventually they will bring you in, and they will pay you. <laughs> yeah. yeah, Todd, you. that's probably some of the best advice you could give anybody. Like agreed. Like that advice right there is worth so much. And I, my career went to that next level when I made that decision. There were a handful of people that I looked up to and, you know, one was even Grant Cardone and I would reach out relentless to Grant Cardone and he would ignore me. And then finally I would send him videos every day. Hey, Grant, I want to work with you. I have, uh-huh. a, I had an idea I want to yeah. share with him, but I was able to share the idea with him. And now, uh-huh. I mean, I, I, I mean, I'm not buddies with him, but we know he knows who I am, but I've, right. I've got a handful of high level mentors, but here's what happens. The mentors that you reach out to, sometimes you think you're bothering them. They're humbled by right. it. Like you'd be surprised the people that when you reach out to somebody, they're willing to help. They're like super freaking, you know, they some people like their ego stroked a little bit. It makes them feel good. And you'll find that people will help you. So for, for young kids, do exactly what you said, Todd. Find somebody doing what you want to do. Reach out to that person. Say, hey, listen, I want I want to follow you around. Let, and, teach me. And most likely the person that you reach out to help you has been helped by someone else and will yeah. return the favor. I know I have, and I'm, everybody in this room I know has been helped a lot yep. by other people. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. That's why I'm quick to help because, Jesus, I would be. You know, it's like, humbling. Yes. You know, if somebody reaches out to me I, you know, on social all the time, I have somebody reach out and they, I, I help I answer everyone's message. I help. There's nobody I turn away. I don't yeah. turn away anybody. Now, like for like certain things, you have to pay for my time, right? Certain things I've right. gotten to a point where I had, I had to draw a line in the sand, but right. I reach out and I respond to everyone and I help everyone. I've never turned anybody away ever. Not once. I, so. I love connecting with somebody that you're going to learn from. It, it's scary at first when, and I was a teacher coach before and um, one of my probably my one of my best attributes was I, I was not afraid to reach out to a coach Waldo or any other coach to pick their brain. I'll drive to your office and I will sit there. But now in business, you reach out to some of those bigger dogs thinking, oh, they're just going to, they love it. And they will give, they will open up to you. But man, to get inside their mind and start learning what they know, 
It's going to freaking will get my feet on the floor in the morning. What I was always impressed that you did, Ross, and I remember when you first said you were going to do it, I was like, they're not going to help you. I remember like you, like when you were starting the, the brick house, like you were reaching out to like to the owners of the pump house yeah. and like to Kathy Gross down at Bluff City. And you're like, I'm going to go meet with them and just talk about how they do things. Awesome. I'm like, and I'm like, they're not going to, you're trying to be their competition. <laughs> you're an idiot. They're not, but they all helped you. You, you have lunch with uh, little Eddie all like all the time and just, you picked their brains. And I was yeah. so impressed that you did that. And, and I was impressed with them for already having established businesses and just telling you how to do it and helping you. Yeah. This industry that I'm in, uh -huh. I mean, people will do that because they know how fucking hard it is. And, yeah. you know, and they've all been brought up by somebody else. If right. it was someone they worked for or their parents or just somebody, they had a mentor. And so, yeah, it, it was scary a little bit at first, but they want to, I want to see other restaurants succeed. You know, we're not all competition to, it's like, I want you to go under so I get your, your customers. But yeah, I mean, you, you, it's how you stay up and how you keep learning. Love you it. know, we bounce things off each other and yeah, the competition's but. a good thing. Oh yeah, it really, it really. Is. I didn't think that when I first started I in the gym it. business. I didn't think that, like mother, you know what I'm saying. Yeah. But yeah, now it, it helps oh, yeah. you step up your game. Yeah. You you get complacent, and you know it's, I don't know. Uh, so we always do this thing where we ask people like their Mount Rushmore of like just certain craft and industry. And so we try to like, where do we go with this? Right? We were like, we get MMA. We do what? So I think we're gonna go. What are we gonna go with, Ross? We want to ask him the Mount, Mount Rushmore, Rushmore of entrepreneurs. Okay. Um, without question, Mr. Grant Cardone will be on that Mount Rushmore. Uh, Dr. John Maxwell. And tell, tell us what, for people who don't know, like certain, just give yeah, us a so little Grant, bit of just a uh, tiny Grant, bit of uh, is in a lot of different industries. I know him. Um, he was, I was a client of his and he had software in my dealership that we use. So he's in the automotive sector and he's really big Cardone capital. He's big into the, into the real estate investing side of things. But Grant Cardone put his puts himself out there. I mean, he's known because he puts himself out there. Mm -hmm. Obscurity kills business, and that's what you know. I, he is a guy that that his personally, he's he's the one that took me to the next level in real estate and had me start really growing in that market. But uh, without question, Grant Cardone's a high level influencer online. Speaks well. He puts together some really cool growth conferences where he brings in the best of the best speakers. And so the guy is just connected. Everything to him is 10x, big, grow. I mean, he is a, he's a he's high level. Uh, and then from a leadership, so we, I got my Grant Cardone. He's like motivating. You know, I want to be like Grant, but not like Grant, but I want to be like Grant, kind of, you know. But then John Maxwell. John Maxwell, there's... There's no question. His leadership stuff, his books on leadership, and just who John Maxwell is, uh, he's a blessing to the universe. So if, if, for those that aren't or haven't followed John Maxwell, I would because he's just got some really high-level leadership, different levels of leadership. Um, I know, I would say there's a guy that is not as famous like around the world but he's 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 got a really successful YouTube channel. His name's Eddie Panero. His YouTube channel is Your World Within. He he kind of changed my life. You know, it was like four years ago. I would listen to him in the morning, and it just his his voice with some of the music that he that he wrote. He writes his own music, but his words they would just kind of take me. 
from a gray day and make it real sunny. I mean, he, that guy, well, yeah, no, he's just truly, truly. And that's one of the guys that I've reached out to because where I'm going, I'm my job. I've, I'm going to, I want to speak. I'm going to speak. That's what I'm going to do. I'm not, I want to. So Eddie, I reached out to him. I said, Hey, you are the best. I want to be like, you. Can I follow (laughs) you? Let's network. And him and I are, you know, we're, we're kind of cool, you know? So, and I've, I've put him in positions in, 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 kind of lined him up with gigs and stuff. So I'm a huge supporter. Um, E.T., Eric Thomas. Uh, um, oh, yeah. From, you know, from a, from a, he's a speaker. He's a motivational speaker. There's yeah. no other way. He's just, that's what he is. And his story's incredible. Uh, his tone of voice will make you, it'll, it's, he almost slaps you. Like when you're listening, you know, sometimes when you're listening to one of his talks, you're like, yeah, I'm doing that. You know, I, he just speaks to you. I bet you six out of seven days a week, I listen to some Eric Thomas uh, YouTube video on my way to work, just getting me, you know, just listening. I to could listen and... to the the breathe one. Yeah. The, 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 the ocean. Yeah, yes. Yeah. I could listen to that story. Success, what, how's that? Success, Ten times a day. Yeah. Success oh, has to awesome. be, You have to want that as much. Yeah. As yeah. The guru, yeah. Going yeah, after the yeah. guru. You, yeah. you got to want success as bad as you want to breathe. But E.T. is... Man, he's just got that voice that gets you going. Uh, I love speakers, but I mean, as far as like, you know, business people, you know, I've got a couple local people. There's a, there's a gal I follow. Um, hold on, hold up. That's how, how many is it? How many? <laughs> how many five, <laughs> five, right? Four, four. Oh shoot, I'm so sorry. Because I was gonna say there's there's he's like 27 more. Putting together an Olympic. I, team. I, well, wait, wait. I have 32 more actually. This, one, this is one of your Christmas tree ornaments of people. This was your Mount Rushmore. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of Christmas tree ornaments, I have to do that today. I told my, I, I was lying. I don't have a free day. I have to do that. Uh, I've got my tree up and lights up, but I've got to now get like decorations. Ornaments, then Bonaire. Okay. Or, there you go. Yes. Yes. Sounds kind of good. Um, yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah, no, go ahead. Bro. Okay. I, I do want to take a little step back about, because I'm very interested in, I, I didn't know about the real estate. I'll, I'll touch base with that quickly, but. So you start off as a car salesman. This this really intrigues me of how someone started, got where they went. You started to talk about, okay, I, w- I was at the top six, or for six months at the top of the board, brought me in this meeting, had a setback. Um, so eventually you did get that promotion. Yes. And then, so, I mean, you're not down there anymore. I mean, you've left, you've yes. started your own business. So yeah. you're still, let's go back to, you're still down there at, at Nissan. How did you leave there and how did you start doing what you're doing with other car, car dealers? So great question. Um, so the dealers there, uh, Bill and Craig, really good friends of mine. Uh, Bill kind of stepped out and they bought other stores in 2009 or 10. And then Craig Schmitz, which Craig's a handful of years older than me. He's one of my mentors, probably one of the closest people when it comes to a business mentor. And I truly, I want to be like him. Like, so I wanted to be like Craig, like, I, I mean, his just business savviness. So I spent a lot of time just kind of picking his brain in his office and I learned, I, I made, I made some pretty good income. Um, so I was, I was the top performer in the group. I was able to really do some things. Um, and so in 2017 in May, I, I retired, uh, I had the biggest month of my career and I tell this story. So it's, I'm not too I'm not shy about this. I mean, I had, I had a half a million dollar salary. I remember seeing yeah. it on Facebook. Yeah. And it's like, yeah. Yeah. what? Yeah. So, well, here's, here's, well, I had to go back to work. So let me explain. So I was making, I mean, I was making about a half Fuck. and with bonuses and, and everything all in. And I had a pretty good schedule. Like I took <laughs> seven, eight vacations. I had, I had it. Yeah. 
But here's what I didn't have. Um, it wasn't mine. And you didn't build it. I, I, I didn't, I helped build it, but I didn't own it. And mm -hmm. so it's like, okay, this isn't my purpose. This isn't like what I'm supposed to do. And so I, I took, I, I destination unknown. I freaking adios. And at that time, so I'm, I'm, I'm divorced now at that time, there were some pretty severe marital issues. Mm -hmm. And so I took that time and said, here, ape, we're going to freaking travel. So we, Alaska, Hawaii, and we, we just freaking, I mean, I lived and I, my <laughs> girls, I'll never forget my, my two oldest daughters, Annalie and Arabo. When I came home and I said, Hey daddy, daddy quit his job. And they're like, what? I go, daddy quit his job. And you so said the quit or I said, or quit. I didn't use, they wouldn't understand okay. retire. So, but I said, daddy quit his job. So we, we danced in the kitchen. Daddy quit his job. <laughs> it was one of the coolest <laughs> memories, but here's, here's what I did was I took some time. And then one of my mentors, his name's Johnny Garlic. Johnny Garlic owns an insurance agency just like mine. I own mm -hmm. it. This is an insurance agency. Ascent Dealer Services is an insurance agency. So I worked with Johnny for that agency and he, he was a blessing, but then again, a curse. He, he didn't show me how to do what I needed to do to be successful. So I wasn't making, I mean, he was paying me a pretty small number. I wasn't making a whole lot of money. So I was basically just, it was like going to college. I was just, you yeah. know, it was an education. But the problem is he just didn't give me the tools to show me how to be successful. So he was getting upset with me that I wasn't signing clients, but he didn't, I didn't know how to sign clients. I didn't know how to do it because he never, I was never shown. So I found a mentor on the outside, told me exactly what to do. I left his agency, started my agency. And then now I take everything that I ever learned in retail automotive and I share it with other dealers around the country. So I provide insurance products to car dealers. But here's the thing. My competition consists of insurance agents that service retail car dealers. Well, I'm a retail car guy that just so happens to have insurance products. That's my stick. So every customer of mine comes to me on social media. I built a multi-million dollar company in a year and a half online. So I did it all on Facebook. It is 100% where all of my leads come from. And that's, I, I would have never, like I would have never known. Like if I wouldn't have left that job yeah. and on the surface level, I mean, people thought I was so stupid. <laughs> like I had people looking at me like I was crazy. Hey, don't worry. Our mom thought we were stupid. So, <laughs> <laughs> so but that's what happened. And that's how I ended up in this side of the business, servicing car dealers. So this side is much more rewarding. It, it just, it's just incredible. So it was that leap of faith that, that I had to take though. That's awesome. That is awesome. Man, that's awesome. Glad we scooted back there because <laughs> right. that's awesome. Um, so real estate, I, I didn't even, not follow you on your social media and stuff. I, real estate, how 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 big is that? How big is that bucket of yours? It's good size. Bucket? So, oh, you yeah. went to the I like bucket. It. Okay. It's, it's okay. bucket number two. Bucket number two. He's bucket, listening. Bucket number two. So that that is the only reason why I was, so when I was making that salary at my my job, so here's what I found out. Uh, we were on, I think, vacation 11. I'm down in Fort Myers. I noticed that my checking account, I'm like, wait a minute. Money, boom, it just kept dropping. It just kept dropping. It just kept dropping. It kept dropping. Like, I mean, I'm, I'm like, uh, okay, so I, I can't, like, I'm going to have to sell something like a property or I'm going to have to move some things around. So we have, a, we have a rental business that's all rental. Then I have another business that has some rental, but it's more of a flip. So... I basically, I sold a couple pieces of real estate to give myself some cash so I can kind of stay out of retail for a little bit. 
And then I started making a little bit more money within the agency. Uh, and then uh, real estate, me and my partner, Ali, in A2, and so I own Marburger Investment Group and then A2 Investments. A2 Investments, we we more more acquisition. So Ali and I, we went and bought as much as we could. Uh, we did a pretty good deal in Warden where we bought a building. Um, we did a deal in Alton where we own most of West 9th Street. Uh, so we started, I started seeing how to cash flow. And my my business partner, Ali, he's the reason he showed me. I didn't, he's the, the reason why I even bought my first house. So April and I, my ex-wife, she was a real estate agent for Remax. So April and I are like, all right, well, let's just, let's, we can do this. Let's flip houses. So we just started buying every brick ranch we could buy, like in Godfrey brick ranch. That's my sweet spot. I bought it. Like, <laughs> I literally bought it. Like I, so I had a really good agent at the time that was really aggressive. Jenny Becker. She just would go. Jenny Be- that Jenny was Becker. our neighbor oh, when I was she's... a kid up in Campsville, yeah, Illinois. That yeah, was our yeah. neighbor. Yeah. And then local here. She's a Oh, yeah. she, yeah. And then Angie Daniels, Angie Daniels, Angie, yeah. uh, uh, Jenny Becker. And then now Nick Funk, one of my kind of partners. I you know do real estate deals with mm-hmm. him now. But so real estate's always been a part of what I do. Right now, it's sitting. I'm not in acquisition mode in real estate. Uh, I have a property management group that runs everything. I was telling uh, um, a friend of mine earlier, I don't even know. I know one of my tenants because I used to train with him, JR. Uh, he owns uh, UFIT over in Alton. Uh, I used to train with him in Nautilus, but he he's my only tenant that I know. I don't I don't know <laughs> any of my tenants. I don't even, couldn't how, tell you. Demographically, how 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 bright, how wide are you? Are you this area or are you other? So we are, are we are Alton. We are Godfrey. We are Fairview Heights. We are Belleville. Um, yeah, I think that's it. Mainly Al- Alton Godfrey is really kind of like my personal stuff's all Alton Godfrey, but then Ollie and I, we have, we have Collinsville. So we're kind of all over here and he lives in Belleville. So he finds deals out that way. And gotcha. he's, he's 15 years older than I, and he's, I mean, he's him and I don't, talk a whole lot um you know as we got older you know we kind of grown apart and like he works over in uh o'fallon i don't ever really get to see him or spend a lot of time with him but he's like been one of the best business mentors i've ever had he showed me exactly how to to win in real estate show me exactly how to buy property show me the multifamily game why it makes sense to buy the duplex or the quad why would you do that you know so he kind of taught me that and so i'm very thankful for that for sure wow damn this guy retired (laughs) <laughs> I'll never hey but let's be clear I will never fully retire I will work but to every just, just quit a job like that where you're making that money you know and hear all the people say how you know yeah. don't do it don't do it you're stupid but yeah I had some you haters believed, believed I, in yourself you knew that yeah. you knew you'd figure it out um, now this this question is probably gonna it's gonna take you a little while in-depth question to answer so but really think about it for a second so who do you think would win in a foot race me <laughs> Or Ross, and we're talking fifty to hundred yard sprints. Okay, so fifty or hundred. Let's let's define what okay, what it is. I, what was say seventy five yards? So, <laughs> 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 you want to say seventy five yards? Sounds good. Okay. Okay, let me think here. Look, I, look he's really said no one else ever. I raced. think I think Ross. My gut says Ross. My that's what my gut says, and I'm just I go with my gut. Typically, it's right. You should. Okay. Hey, hold up. You had nothing? You weren't going to try to talk well, him mean, into? Well, I guess I'll go. Okay. Well, because every time I do. Every then, time, Todd. Did, did, Todd likes did, to did, talk did, the guest into. No, I would guess you could bench more. Well, I would guess you could bench more. <laughs> listen, listen. He, listen. I don't, when was the last time you ran a 100-yard sprint? Uh, I don't know. I, I mean, I, I play Years. I play in a basketball when? league. I play in a men's basketball league every winter. Sprints. Now, it's on COVID right now, so it's not going. But I just ran sprints this morning. I run sprints every 
I do sprints <laughs> twice a week. Every Friday morning, I go to the track with a couple of high school kids and run either 25, 50, or 100-yard sprints. This kid hasn't ran one in so years. So you're really going to feel stupid that you go out there and do all that work, and I'm like, Vroom. I, no, <laughs> 65 yards in, he pulls a hammy, and no, he's no, done, I, no, and I, I cruise on through to the finish. When are we going to do this? Like, well, when, when are we sure. going to settle this? Because then we won't we'll have never, this question. Yeah, we can't have this debate if we do. <laughs> we could go live on Facebook and make it like an event. <laughs> I, I, I think I, eventually it will be a charity. Let's event. raise money. Yeah, yeah, seriously. But here's the thing, Adam. I've got a few ideas. But the only way I will do it, though, is Ross only gets like a week notice. It's fair because let's on if he trained for it, he's gonna. I mean his le- his legs are longer. He was a college basketball player, and I'm and I'm fast. And I don't think he's fast, but he's younger. <laughs> he was a college basketball player, longer legs, things like that. But I was, so we but, don't tell him. But I don't want him training for it. The thing I have going for me is I I run a lot of sprints. So that's that's it. Anyways, so. Well, you're what still else? you're what still else? you're still undefeated in that. Uh, well, mom, mom gave you half a win. We had our mom on the show because we talk about her a lot, so we brought her in to kind of introduce her. And she said, "Well, I think Ross would win, but Todd would trip you." <laughs> <laughs> I like that. You down. I, I was down with <laughs> that. I was down with that. All right, so so I get another win for that. So, um, anyways, I think that's about a wrap. Um, I don't even think we need to talk about it. We're having Adam back. Oh, there's going to be multiple two. times. Yes. yes. No, I'm game. This <laughs> is I'm, fun. I made him sign a little contract before he came in, and he's yeah, yeah he's coming. Hey, back. money talks, baby. Thank you, Todd. <laughs> <laughs> That's what, what, are you ACHing that deal, or are you writing me a check? Well, we we pay in wings. Okay, here. I'm down. Hey, your wings. I like the macaroni and cheese bites. To be honest, I'm down with those deals. You know what? We would ask him what is if you know we we, we ask a lot of our guests. You know where I'm going with this, Ross? Yeah, we I ask do. a lot of our guests, you know, what's your favorite food to eat at the Brick House? And then they say, and then we say, what's your favorite exercise to do at the Thunderdome? But you know what, Ross? Adam has never, I don't. ever. Please don't make me feel he bad. He, Please don't make me he feel bad. He owns his own there. gym. Uh, well, but, that doesn't mean you can't I do need break. to come down to the ledge. I need to get, I've called you because you know, training for jujitsu tournaments. Yeah. I needed to do some different yeah. training. I will get my I freaking know, tall, one. skinny butt down there. I promise you. <laughs> Scott Ventimiglia used to tell me all the time to come down. Oh, that yeah, guy. He's one sexy man. Right he there. is attractive. We, that's one thing we yeah. will definitely agree on, isn't it? He's a beautiful man. So, We're having Adam back. That for is sure. for sure. Um, one thing that I, I take out of this is your passion for what you do. Yeah. I mean, man, it just pours out. You just start talking. It's you don't have to think. You know, you're just hit, hitting all your points. It's a uh, the passion really comes out. And, and I love, is, love that. Motivates me. And the thing is, he gets into something and he takes it all the way. Yeah, skyrockets it. <laughs> just like like the like jiu-jitsu I was so amazed at that like I said he was bad at jiu-jitsu and next thing you know he is a stud and owns his I still no 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 let's be real clear I still suck at well, jiu-jitsu everybody, I'm, like, everybody. I'm not good it's horrible <laughs> alright brother alright slay on fellas slay on